0: At a recent financial industry conference, the chairman of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission called for a shift in how organizations think about cybersecurity. She called for a change from an incident response mentality to a resilience mentality. My next guest has some ideas for how that might actually happen. Igor Volovich is Vice President for Compliance Strategy at Cumulus. He joins me now. Igor, good to have you back. Thanks for having me back. Well, is there a connection between compliance which everyone has to do because you're in the federal government and complying with a thousand things and resilience because sometimes compliance seems like checklist exercise resilience seems like you're dancing. Well,
1: it's true, right? So compliance everybody has a lot of compliance obligations, there's plenty of mandates ever more coming out. Uh, we saw the executive order 14038 being uh, put out in uh, 2021 and since then it's spawned all kinds of other mandates and uh, directives and memoranda and one of the big ones that comes uh, to mind is uh, m2131 which is the logging directive and everybody's scrambling to figure out how to again, comply with that uh and then of course there's m2209 which is the zero trust directive and so those are kind of some of the two bi- two of the big ones that everybody wants to talk about and um as everybody's scrambling to comply with the latest they also can't leave behind what they've always had to comply with so compliance requirements keep multiplying that's kind of the bottom bottom line there right so and it is difficult because the compliance processes have really been built around these manual workflows manual data collection manual processing manual analysis manual, manual reporting uh, most of compliance folks either work in excel or some kind of an antiquated platform and the Data collection is still very much a manual exercise, and so, as is the reporting. You know, most of the reporting is being done through either kind of some kind of a spreadsheet or uh, usually PowerPoint. Right, so it's not very dynamic. It's not very agile. It's not very uh, future-proof.
0: And if you are worried about FSMA scorecards and that kind of thing, and you figured out a way to get them filled out every quarter or whatever it is, then you're going to stick with those platforms.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of investment that's been made into these models and there's also a lot of business model wrapped around it. So you've got the federal systems integrators, you've got, you know, the the big consulting firms, where it's just kind of more of a butts and seats model, right? You know, they they will send you 50 ISSOs, the information system security officers and ISSMs, and they will sort of run that program for you. So there may not be a lot of interest in doing things like automation. And if they do automation, uh, a recent conference actually uh, at a Gartner conference in DC, uh, about a month ago, we talked about that. And the analysts actually spoke about this differentiation, uh, where a lot of folks in the marketplace who are doing workflow automation, are actually starting to claim compliance automation, because everybody's interested in compliance automation, the industry is recognizing that there is a lot being invested into these manual processes, a lot of overhead is being spent, and, and not a lot of results. So In order to evolve, you have to automate. And so some of the existing players who have a lot of incumbency, who are already built into a lot of these environments, are saying, well, we're doing workflow automation. We'll just call it compliance automation. And there is a distinct difference there. And I think the the folks who are buying these services and, and products need to be a lot more educated about how that actually works.
0: Right. Because the question, I guess, is are you complying with the right things? I think of compliance and resilience, like suppose you're getting dressed for a formal occasion and you spend a lot of time fussing with your tie because your necktie has to look right, your bow tie has to be perfect, and the buttons have to all be aligned. And while you're doing all that, your pants fall down. That's when you need resilience.
1: Well, to extend that analogy, I would say imagine doing that and then uh, having to do a wardrobe change every five minutes, right? It's hard to do if you don't have Velcro on your outfit, right? So. <laughs> It has to look good, but also has to be very agile, very dynamic, very adaptable, right? And you really don't know, you know, you might be starting with a formal event in the morning, and then by the afternoon, you're going to play a rugby a rugby game, right? Because incidents keep coming, uh, threats keep, keep evolving. So you kind of have to be jumping from one foot to the next. It's very hard to do with a rigid, legacy, manually-based compliance program, and, you know, More memoranda are going to be spawned by that executive order 14028, right? And also, we have this precedent based enforcement model. So we started with CFTC, CFTC, FTC, SEC. They're all coming out with the rules that basically are saying the same thing. A, they want to enforce their mandates. They want to enforce uh, their authority. They want to make sure that there is more transparency, more awareness about the existing resilience and the security posture of these environments. And it's challenging the leaders to demonstrate security expertise, but also to be accountable and responsible for what happens with their environments. We can't just say, look, we did our best, and here's a compliance report from a year ago that says we did so. That's not good enough because the bad guys don't look at check boxes and I look at the compliance reports. So they want to get these environments, regulated environments, into the same pace, get the threats are operating in, which is real time. Impossible to do with legacy compliance mindsets, impossible to do with legacy compliance programs. You have to automate. And even though they're not calling for that by by the actual term, they're not saying, hey, we need you to do compliance automation. The implication is absolutely there, right? Because you simply cannot throw more people at this problem without evolving the ability, your actual compliance capability, the maturity of your compliance program, not just your controls, but your ability to demonstrate compliance. That has to evolve.
0: We're speaking with Igor Volovich. He is vice president for compliance strategy at Cumulus. And yeah, before you said that you just don't want to automate your workflows, but you want to automate the compliance process itself. The implication is that compliance itself has to change continually over time. And therefore, to automate a given process may not yield that ability to keep up with the times, which can change daily.
1: Correct. Absolutely. So, threats change daily. They evolve daily. We're seeing things like MoveIt. We're seeing things like the CLOP ransomware attack. Uh, you know, the Microsoft 0365 attack recently, which we still don't know how it worked. We have some ideas, right? You know, the private keys get compromised, but Microsoft is not saying how. And, of course, all the phishing stuff. So, I just commented yesterday, actually, on uh, the new Warm GPT, which is an, a malicious clone of ChatGPT, which allows bad guys to basically bypass all the filters and all the controls that have been built by OpenAI to craft really, really good phishing emails. And guess what? Phishing emails still work. That's why there's so much focus around making that a a capability for the bad guys. And so my contention is this. If your entire security apparatus, if your entire security program can be subverted by a phishing email, well, then you're not doing the right kind of threat modeling. And, And your compliance program is just a static historical reporting function. You're always looking backwards. The idea is to bring it back into real time and converge on these timelines. Your security operations works in real time. Your risk management should be looking into real time and into the future. But compliance always look backwards. So again, we want to converge on those timelines. The only way to do that is through automation. And when I say, you know, when people ask me, what is it that I do for a living? You know, what is compliance strategy? Thinking strategically about compliance as a tool of risk management, bringing it to real time, that is really the objective we're trying to fulfill here. And by doing that, you, you're ready to answer many other questions that you may not even be able to predict. And these may, questions might come from anywhere, from the White House, from the DHS, from CISA, from FTC, SEC, and and now CFTC, right? So everybody's converging on the regulatory compliance side. The enforcement side is becoming a lot more onerous, a lot more strict, and the scrutiny on the leadership and the kinds of decisions that they make. These are the kinds of things that keep coming down the pike, and I think it's only going to get worse for the the guys who are not coming uh, to the table with the right kind of thinking, with evolving their compliance mindset, and then evolving their compliance program through the power of automation.
0: It seems like you need to have some imagination over what it is that you envision is encompassed by compliance. There are certain baseline things that are statutory or regulatory. But beyond that, you need to think of it, tell me if I'm right here, compliance in terms of what is the actual threat environment What do I need to do? What do my systems need to do that may not be statutory or may not be regulatory, but are real because that's what the threat looks like?
1: Absolutely. So here's the thing. Folks tend to think of compliance as just this cost of doing business. It's a gauntlet we have to run. We do it periodically. There's this kind of cadence built around it. You know, we've got our audit cycle, you know, it comes around every year. Uh, We might have to recertify. And, you know, in the federal space, absolutely, you know, the ATOs, right, the authority to operate, that's a three-year cycle. And you have to recertify periodically, right? But it's not uncommon. And when we talk to our clients, we see it all the time. When we ask them, what is the oldest? What's your time horizon? What's the oldest piece of data that's informing your knowledge of your current posture and resilient state? They go back and say, well, yeah, we have data from three years ago, because that is completely legal. That is absolutely correct, right? So you can still do compliance perfectly well and still be three years behind. Now the bad guys don't don't look at those reports, right? They're they're hacking your environment right now. So, how come your knowledge is not real time, but theirs is? So again, you got to converge. You got to get to that same real time environment, uh, a real time mindset about collecting this information in real time, processing in real time, reporting in real time. So you have that situational awareness that matches your adversaries, right? You take that, you multiply that times our asymmetric threat profile that's just built into this model to begin with, right? Too many bad guys, not enough defenders. They have infinite resources. We don't. right? So we have to be very strategic in how we apply the limited resource, uh, resources that we have. And doing this based on risk is the only way to get it done. So you mentioned threats, right? Good threat modeling accounts for things like the human factor. So the phishing email that shows up at 3 in the morning and somebody clicks on it, and then you have business email compromise and somebody transfers. does a wire transfer of $20 million and goes to Singapore and then scatters into the wind. These are the kinds of things you can account for, but again, only... If you're thinking about risk, not technology. And what I think I I found particularly interesting, the speech that Commissioner Romero said, CFTC Commissioner Romero talked about, she mentioned that you know they're promulgating these new rules, that they're pushing for more consistency, they want more transparency, they want more accountability at the top. But what I found interesting is that she actually sponsors a technology advisory committee within the CFTC, and that's where these rules are being, being uh, put out of. We're not talking about technology right technology is where these things typically happen right that's the realm within which we want to have these conversations but it's not about technology right that's a very bottom-up approach and i think a lot of environments still think that way a lot of leaders still think that way they think about what's the latest threat category what is my response capability that i have to onboard right it's not about that it's about doing it top down based on risk based on your mission profile understanding the business context and guess what where would you have a model for doing that And it's called Framework Standards and Mandates. And how do you do that? You do it through compliance. Again, we have all the tools. We have all the models. We have all the scaffolding built around it. The only thing that's missing is doing it in real time. And again, I hate to keep saying it, but the punchline is you can only do it with automation.
0: Igor Volovich is Vice President for Compliance Strategy at Cumulus. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts.